Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dayton Tolbert. It's good to be back live tonight on Advice Mondays here, where we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, a number of different things. Uh, tonight, we want to talk a little bit about uh, this is our post Easter special. Happy Resurre- Resurrection Sunday to all of you guys. Hopefully, you guys all had a nice holiday, uh, did something that would be pleasing to God, reflected on, um, you know, just what the whole. A holiday is about what the meaning of it is uh, tonight. So we want to talk a little bit about that. You know, a little bit about the definition, the meaning of it, uh, what it doesn't mean. You know, some of those things. Uh, we also want to take some of your advice questions uh, this evening. Um, you know, many guys are uh, dealing with uh, certain situations um, uh, correlating to the you know the changing of the seasons. Uh, you know, cuffing season is now officially over, so uh, there's a lot that comes along with that. So we want to spend a little bit of time talking about some ways to avoid um, some not-so-good situations, talk a little bit about uh, dating red flags and, you know, how to avoid finding yourselves in uh, uncomfortable circumstances and uh, situations. Um, we also want to do a little, spend a little bit of time talking about the, uh, the, the part one of the reunion special from last night on Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, we don't want to just talk about it in a gossipy type of way like everybody else is doing, but we really want to try to, you know, you guys know me in this show, what, you know, what we try to do is find, you know, lessons and uh, teachable moments that, that can be used to um, help certain people identify with uh, situations in their lives and, you know, how to avoid, you know, conflict and, you know, um, just, ne- you know, certain forms of negativity. So we want to spend a little bit of uh, of time talking about that. Um, so a number of things. Uh, you guys are definitely welcome to call in with any comments, questions, you know, feedback. Um, you know, it should be a pretty good show coming off of a um, several good shows, uh, actually. Uh, most recently, we were last live on Thursday night. Shout out to everybody who tuned in uh, to our our live special on uh, on the other night where we where we talked about a number of uh, a number of things, including um the you know this this infamous uh, sex tape you know that that exists between uh Mimi and uh Nico from um you know uh, Love and Hip Hop and um you know and just what that um how that relates to some things that we're seeing in the in the black community you know uh, as far as you know mothers you know as far, as far as fathers you know and things and just you know the overall type of behavior that is really become detrimental to the downfall of the black family. You know, many women, you know, I should say young girls growing up into young women who, who you know, don't have that um, love and admiration and even respect for their, for their moms and ultimately their fathers and, you know, the, the consequences of that, you know, into adulthood. So we spent a good deal of time talking about that. So uh, hopefully everybody tuned in to, um, you know, to Thursday night show. Um yeah, so just you know, shout out to everybody who did that. Uh, Courtney is here with me with me tonight. Courtney, how are you on this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, Courtney. I'm doing well. Uh, how was your weekend? It was great. How about yours? I, you know me. I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? What, yeah. I mean, what's going on? What you what you been up to, Courtney? I mean, you you know you've been kind of quiet over the weekend. Did you have? I mean, what you what you do over over Easter? <laughs> yeah, I've been creeping. No, no, uh-huh. I was just playing. No, I was. <laughs> no, I relaxed. I, I really did. Um, you know, I went to church and um, I just relaxed and just really spent the day um, with God. So, so good. 
Good, good, excellent. Um, you were with us, you know, obviously you were here on, on um Thursday night show where we talked about you know, it was just a, it was like a special advice edition of um you know, of the show where we talked about the sex tape and and, and how it's, you know, indicative of a larger problem in today's society. Any any self reflection on that, any feedback? Um, I you know what, I, I think that um I, what I've I think I've heard a lot of um people talking about it. Um, but not specifically, you know, to me though. So no no one really said anything to me. It's it's unfortunate, you know, that, that we as a community, you know, um have embraced overall just a a a lack of respectability, you know, type of mentality as be, and it's become more just commonplace. You know, what we're seeing that more more often than not are women who don't respect themselves and men who have no respect for women. And it all comes back to that centralized figure, you know, the the, the mother figure in, in these homes. You know, if you look at you look back at, you know, popular T V shows, you know, like uh you know, like Good Times where, you know, Florida Evans was the, the matriarch of the family where she was just you know, she commanded respect. You know, you look at Felicia Rashad on, you know, Cosby's show. I mean, women like that, there was no way that you could help but to Respect. Even I mean, even you look at the mom on on a show like Fresh Prince. You know what I'm saying? Like these were strong moms who looked like moms. Even the mom on Family Matters. You know, when I look at those women, interestingly enough, I think of women like my mom. I think of my grandma. I think of my wife's mom. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's that's what you know. I think of some of um, you know. I mean, I think of some people. You know who I know are are struggling with self esteem, with struggling with you know respectability. You look at a lot of times there's the absence of that strong motherly, respectable you know type of mother, motherly uh, you know aura about them. And when the re- and a lot of women say, well, you know, what about the dads? Well, you know, here's the thing, because here's the problem with that. It's it's you can't really look at the dads because you know the dads are going to, or I should say, the men are going to ultimately follow, you know, the lead of the woman. I mean, you may be saying, well, what do you mean by that? That's not that's the man is supposed to lead. But here's the thing. The man can't lead, right, and let, you know, someone who is not worthy of even following. You know, a man has to want to be, a man has to see something special in you to even want to lead you. You know what I'm saying? If you are following, the, the women have a certain, um, you know, a certain level of respectability, a certain level of class that has to be there. Otherwise, there's no respect, and if there's no respect, then there can't be anything else. And so, when you look at when you look at the the breakdown of the black family, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the men are in, a, in most cases are piss poor examples of men. But you got to look at what kind of women allows those types of men to even lay down with them in the first place. If that woman was the epitome of class of respectability, she wouldn't even allow that type of man into her life, into her bed, you know, and that is how the, the you know, the fa- that even allow that man to impregnate her to even start the family. So we really got to get back to the basics and say, hey, look, respect yourselves, take, you know, protect yourselves, you know, be moms that actually look and act like moms, and then we will start seeing an increase of positive families because these men, you know, a lot of people I hear women saying, you know, well, 
you know, men aren't the same as they used to be back in, you know, my grandfather's time. I'm like, well, you know, that's very true. But the reality is women aren't the same as they were in my grandmother's time. You know, women actually were celibate. Women actually, you know, made men, you know, be men and be chivalrous and, you know, be actual, you know, gentlemen. You know, now these things are not happening, so it's just a free-for-all. You know, the men don't have to step their game up. The women are, accept, you know, accepting far less than perfection or even, you know, just respectable treatment. And so... You know, there's become that level of, of desperation, and, and you know, and just you know, all all hell is breaking loose out here. So, uh, we need to get back to the basics. We need to start just instilling in these young girls, hey, look, no matter what you may have seen your mom doing, no matter what your father may have done or not done, you know, you still can have better. You still can require greatness. You may not have had, you know, a father in your life, but you do have Jesus Christ in your life to. Um, you know, to be that father that you may have never had. So, and that's always going to be good enough. He's always going to be good enough. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? I'm sorry I had to, you know, go off on a little bit, but this has really been weighing on me heavily, and it's something that needs to be said. And you know, I think saying it and women hearing it and letting it really sink in is going to really be what we need to turn things around. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100 um, percent with everything that you said, and also that you know, is there are like you were. Um, alluding to is two sides to the coin. You know, it's not just men, it's not just women. So, I mean, it's both of us that play a part. But I want to speak specifically, you know, in regards to women. I think um, a lot of times when we find ourselves in those types of situations, um, you know, with men or, or complaining that, oh, you know, we haven't found the right man and just feeling frustrated, um, but at the same time still dealing with, you know, the drama, that comes from just a lack of patience and, and trust. And God, and so when that's not there, and that relationship is pretty much non-existent, but existent. I hate to say that, but when that happens, that's when you start to, you know, fall into the trap of the devil, and you find yourself, you know, in those types of situations. So I'm glad that we talk about it and get to the bottom of it. Right, absolutely. So, so that's what we're gonna do. Um, you know, we, I just want to kind of set, you know, start it off on, you know, uh, on the right uh, foot with that, and um, you know, keep it moving. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is, um, you know, at, well, this is uh, the day after Resurrection Sunday, uh, commonly known known as Easter. Hopefully, you guys. I don't want to give you all a history lesson tonight, but hopefully, everybody knows that there is a difference. You know, it's, you know, it's. We know what the holiday is. We know what. You know the media, how they spin it. You know the the whole you know Easter bunny and the you know the the eggs and you know all that you know foolishness. I mean Easter egg hunts. I mean you know I I, w- I wasn't gonna say it's all well and good, but it's really not all well and good because you know if you look at every major Christian holiday, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Easter, you know th- there is a specific attempt by you know the media to make a mockery of it, you know, to take away the power of it, take away the, the, you know, the sacred, you know, nature of it, you know, just the the whole meaning of it. They want it to be lost. They want it to be watered down into something materialistic and commercial. And, you know, we should, I think we all know that, you know, Easter, uh, what I call Resurrection Sunday, is is really specifically to um, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, obviously he died, you know, three days later, he, you know, he rose and, um, you know, and and took his place, you know, back in heaven where he belongs, you know, for our sins, 
you know, the whole ordeal was specifically for us. And uh, for me, there is nothing greater. And so that is what it means. It's not actually has nothing to do with an Easter uh, bunny, you know. Uh, you know that in fact that was originated from a you know a pagan holiday, which you know do some research on where it originates from. But hopefully, don't because this is what I've seen. This is what I've seen in many cases. I've seen many people who call themselves historians, who call themselves being intelligent and, you know, profound and deep. Well, I don't celebrate that because, you know, that's a that's a pagan holiday. You know, see what people need to realize is, you know, the it that's how it originated. You know what I'm saying? That's where it came from. But guess what? That's not what it is now and that's not what you have to view it as. You know what I'm saying? We know what it is. As believers, we know what it represents. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what they say on TV, regardless of the Easter eggs you know, you see around, it's not about that. You make it what you want to make it. So don't allow, you know, the society who is run by people who really don't, clearly don't believe in God and, and in fact, actually worship Satan and, and the principles of Satan, don't allow those people to cause you to miss out on a blessing and cause you to miss out on focusing on what's important in um you know in in your life in in your relationship with uh with hopefully you know who is your lord and savior you know what i'm saying so that's just my little spiel i mean have you seen a lot of people i mean obviously you hear people referring to it as easter but have you you know seen people even trying to not even celebrate it at all just because of what other people are calling it yeah, and one thing is you need to just do your research <laughs> instead of just because those are to me those people that are like this, oh, you know, I don't want to celebrate Easter, you know, they're bandwagoners and they don't even know why. You know, they're just they're they're not even celebrating at all. And that's a problem because what you what I celebrated for and what most Christians, no, all excuse me, all Christians celebrated for is for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if anything, that's what you should be celebrating. We're not thinking of the pagan gods and all that other stuff. So it's like people get so serious and half the time they don't even know what they're talking about. So yeah. So so think about it from that perspective. But um, you know, shout out to everybody. You know, all the believers and you know people who actually know what it is and um, you know take take pride in you know in standing up for you know what 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 it truly is and not what society says it, it should be or how it even originated. Another thing I wanted to say about Easter, too, and I said this online the other day, you guys have to realize that going to church, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, some people will say, you know, think, I don't go to church, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm spiritual, but I'm not really. It's like, you know, just cut the crap, because in 99.9% of the cases, you're neither. You're not spiritual, you're not religious, you just don't go to sleep. In fact, you go out, you party Saturday night, and you just sleep in, and then you, you chalk that at when people question you or, you you know, you feel convicted or whatever the reason is. You say, oh, no, I just don't, you know what I'm saying, I don't have to, you know, go to church. I can worship in my living room. But that's not what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep it real, because I used to be one of those people. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to worship and get my praise on in my living room. I mean, but, and I'm not, you know, I'm not claiming to be there, but let's, you know, this is just something for you to self-reflect on and be honest with yourselves. The reality is most likely that's not what happens. So my advice would be, you know what, just go, because it's not about what you have to do. It's about what you want to do. Like me, you know, when I go to church, it's not because I you know, am forced to. It's not even because I grew up in the church, because I didn't. I didn't grow up in the church. 
In fact, I I didn't start going to church really until in college. So, you know, I go to church now because I enjoy it, because I enjoy the praise and worship. I enjoy the, you know, the sermon. I enjoy the fellowship. I just enjoy being in the house of God. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's not to say that there aren't times when I, when I actually will get my praise on in my living room. But, you know what I'm saying? It's all about being honest with yourselves, you know, and, you know, and not because you can lie to us. You can lie to yourselves, but you guys know that, you know, you can't lie to God. So one of the things that I was saying in regards to Easter is that, you know, don't ever, you know, put so much, you say, like, oh, I, I went to church, you know what I'm saying, it's Easter, I got to go to church. Haven't been since last Easter. No, you won't, maybe go on New Year's Eve, if that, but you see, like, that doesn't mean anything. And I'm not taking away from somebody, because that may be how someone starts, and that, you know, but if that's how it starts, and that's how it starts, let it begin there, don't let it end there. Don't let it be, be uh, let it be the beginning and the end. Don't just go on Easter and then because that's really an insult to God. That's like saying, "Oh, you know what? It's Easter, so I'm just going to go to give you, you know, one day out the year." God's not pleased with that, and I think people are so concerned with, "Oh, you don't want to be judgmental. I don't, so I'm just not going to speak on this. I'm not going to." No, you, you, we we need to speak on this type of stuff because if we're all believers here, the Bible says we're supposed to use the word to to build our brothers and sisters up in Christ and to not sit back and watch them. Fall, fall into sin and fall into a dark, darkened state, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, really that will ultimately lead them to uh, not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, because God's not pleased with, you know, people going to church once a year. So if you're going to go, then, you know, then go, but then make that the start of, of having that, that, that true relationship with him where you want to go every week, where you want to go every other week, you know what I'm saying, where you really want to read the Bible. Like, I actually, this year, I'm not in the New Year's resolutions, but you know, one of the things that I, I'm really um, I'm gonna do is is I'm just gonna read the Bible straight through. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I have actually started uh, the other day, and you know, it's just something I want to do, um, just you know, just for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I'm I've always been the type to, um, you know, read certain passages and you know look up things and study and meditate on it. But I really want to um, just read it, you know, like everything, which is something I haven't done. And so, you know, and if you have, you have, you haven't, you haven't. I would just encourage everybody to do that because it's something that's, you know, we read a lot of other books, you know what I'm saying? Like whether it's for school, you know, whether it's for pleasure, whether it's for, you know, just leisure, you know, there's no more entertaining book. There's no more, um, you know, spiritually relevant book um, than the Bible. So I would say, you know, check it out and, uh, you know, get into it. Your thoughts on any of that stuff, Courtney? You cool with that? Oh, yeah, I'm on that journey as well. So um, it's very rewarding. I, I'm really glad, you know, that I started it because, I mean, like you, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the church. I really, you know, didn't have a relationship with God for the longest. And so um, what I realized is just reading it is just so calming and you just feel so close to God, and that feeling is priceless. So I'm all for it. Yeah, it's something that, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they will be going through things and they will not really be feeling, you know, uh, as close to God as they want to. You know, they, they they may not be receiving the type of blessings that they would hope to. But then when you look at, you know, it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? How much time do you really spend, 
you know, with God. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you reading the Word? Are you, are you being, you know, going out of your way to be a blessing to others? Are you, you know, passionate about, um, you know, um, you know, ministry and 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 uh, exploring your calling. You know, a lot of times the answers to those questions are are actually, unfortunately, no. So, you know, we just really have to do a better job of. Um, and I'm speaking to myself too. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm, talk- I'm actually talking to myself right now. You know what I mean? Because I know I can relate. Maybe you guys can, but I know I can. We all can stand to, you know, be a little closer to God and you know and work on our. Uh, you know our relationship uh, with him. So, so that's uh, that's my little spiel uh, for tonight on that. In fact, I was reading uh, the word uh, uh, yesterday actually, and I was I came across them. I was talking to Osho about it uh, today, and uh, it was actually really deep. One of the things that I found is that you know, like we talk about, you know, how this uh, the, you know the entertainment industry is you know controlled and you know run by people who are clearly are not believers, and in fact. Um, you know, worship principles that clearly are not pleasing to God, whether it's money, homosexuality, violence, sex, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I was reading Genesis over in Genesis nine twelve, and it was talking about, you know, I was reading about Noah. Obviously, you know, you guys heard our special, our all-time classic special the other night on Noah, the movie Noah, and, you know, just the biblical inaccuracies of it. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, went, I wanted to go back and really read that that whole, you know, just really all of Genesis. And I, even in that moment, I've read it before, but you know, God was showing me some other things, and I was just like, wow, because I was reading about the rainbow. You guys know, after the flood, you know, there was uh, after all those you know, nights of rain, and and then even longer nights of, uh, you know, just just flooding. Like after even after the rain had stopped, you know, they weren't able to get out of the the ark because of the. Uh, you know, because of the water was still so so high, and uh, so they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And then um, in Genesis nine twelve, you know, I want to read y'all real quick. It says, um, "God said that this is the sign of the covenant which I'm making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. Uh, I set my rainbow in the cloud." And it shall be for a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. Now, obviously speaking about the colors of a rainbow. So you guys know, like when you see a rainbow out, biblically, that's, you know what I'm saying, that's that's something that symbolizes the bond, the covenant, the promise between God and man that He will n- nothing like that will ever happen again. Which is amazing, which is, you know what I'm saying, that's really profound but then i was thinking about i'm like wait a minute where have i seen that before right i mean what what we know what what the bible just explained what it is and where it originates from you know the rainbow but who else courtney has adopted the rainbow as as their trademark or their you know logo gay people right right (laughs) <laughs> the whole, you know, gay community has embraced the rainbow. And, it's, and let me say, I shouldn't even say that. It's not the gay community, okay, because that's not what it is. It's, it's, you know, the people in society on a large scale, on a public scale, who represent the gay community, who market 
for the gay community, who have an agenda to, you know, push the gay community into this a certain level where it's the new normal in society. Those guys have adopted the rainbow of all things as their, you know, their trademark. You know what I'm saying? Their logo. You guys have to understand that falls in line with so many different things that we talk about here on the show, online, you know, about how, you know, certain people, certain individuals, certain structures in society are passionate about taking the things that are holy and that are sacred and making, you know, to God and making them a mockery. And I, I'm just, I wonder, a lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people didn't know the actual significance of the rainbow. You might see a rainbow, oh, okay, I thought that was just something, you know. No, it's actually to symbolize the covenant between God and man. So every time you see it, you think of God and his promise to man. But they took that, something that God is so passionate about or so passionate against, you know, which is homosexuality, which she calls an abomination. Does anybody, like, do you find that to be the just the least bit just crazy? Because I know I do. Wow, I didn't even make that connection at first. And now that we're talking about it, that's that's crazy. It really is. I'll be honest with you guys. I my like when I read that, my mouth just like dropped, and very few things just shocked me. But that's the and I like Courtney said I had never really made that connection before that either. But that's just what I'm saying to you. And you know we've talked about a lot of different things on the show, but just reading the Bible. And let me just tell you, not just reading the Bible. See, a lot of people read the Bible, but it's like they just do it just to do it. Because I used to be one of those guys. Like it wasn't. Like I, you didn't. I didn't read the Bible like I would read, you know, a Eric Jerome Dickey book or Omar Tari. You know what I'm saying, or somebody like that. It was just I would just read it. You know. But now, when you read it with the sole purpose of being, you know, entertained as well as being, you know, seeking knowledge, seeking clarity about, you know, the word, but also about what it represents in the world and in your life, God will show you so many different things. You know, so. Um, I'm just sharing that because I, I, I know that that's, you know, the case for me and hopefully it will be the case for, you know, you guys as well. I know it will be if you, you know, if that's how you, if you seek God, you know, prior to, you know, to doing it. So, um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron, who I know is a good friend of Courtney and, uh, you know, a friend of the Dayton Tolbert Show uh, group member. She uh, she proposed that we do a a 2014 celibacy challenge. So I just wanted to shout her out. I wanted to um you know talk to you guys a little bit tonight because I think that's important. You know what I'm saying? Like we've never did anything like that. Obviously we always talk about, you know, just the importance of, you know, keeping your legs closed, respecting yourself, respecting your body, but um you know, we made it official um you know and we're really going to do that. I'm going to encourage everybody and we're going to hold you guys accountable. Obviously, I won't be participating in that, you know, being a married man, you know. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that you guys cannot, uh, you know, participate in that yourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, you know, um, you know, whoever it is that you men to, whoever it is you may be having sex with, you know, letting smash, fellas smashing off. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is you want to call it, whatever it is that you do, and you know what you do. You know, we want to take 2014 and make it the the year. Of of celibacy, you know, of abstinence, you know, not not. I'm not talking about the type of abstinence where you just broke up with somebody, 
and, you know, now there's not anybody that you want to have. So I'm not talking about that because that's not celibacy and that's not absence. That's just, you know, going through a drought. That's just chilling for a little bit, right? I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Trust me. You might not be smashing nothing off or letting nobody hit. That doesn't mean you're celibate. It just means, you know, if some if the right person came along. Or like, for example, I've known many women who will tell you straight up, you know, I'm like, oh, so what's up? How do you feel about it? These are, many of these are women I've actually worked with through private counseling. I've even asked you. One of the things I'll ask is, you know, how do you feel about sex? What are your views on sex? You know, and, you know, some of them will come out and tell me, well, you know, they don't, I'm not, um, you know, having sex, but you know, or, I'm, or I'm not having sex outside of a relationship. Or if I do, it would have to be someone who I'm in love with or someone who I'm at least committed to. And, and, and you know, and I don't judge them. Because for for many women, that's actually a huge step, you know, step up from promiscuity. You know, many women started out, you know, promiscuous and, and were promiscuous, you know, all throughout their lives and would just wow out and just have sex just to be having it. But for them to say, you know what, I actually, at, at this point, I at least want to wait 90 days. You know what I'm saying? That's obviously not, you know what I'm saying, what you want to shoot for. But for many women, which is one of the reasons why Steve Harvey is a national best-selling author, is because many women have adopted that. Like, wow, I'm, I used to get give it up on the first night. So now I'm going to wait 90 days. Now I'm going to make them wait two weeks. That those are that's, those, that's all ridiculous, but it's still a step up for many women. But what we want to do is we want to make it to the point where there are no regulations. There are no timelines. There are, you know what I'm saying, because God isn't pleased with waiting 90 days. God isn't pleased with waiting two weeks. God isn't pleased with waiting until you're in a relationship. God isn't pleased with waiting until you're engaged or uh, living or in a committee or whatever. He wants you to be celibate. He wants you to abstain from fornication because sin is something that separates you from God. So it's impossible to be blessed by God when you're living in a state of sin. That's right, guys. There's no easy way around it. There's no tricks. There's no gimmicks. There's just, there should just be no sex, period. A lot of people right now are saying, okay, well, they, the, the conviction in them is saying, well, who the heck do you think you are, Dadon? Let me scroll through your pictures on Facebook. Did you guys wait? Like, see, see if you, and, you know what I'm saying? If you're even, if your mind is even going there, then it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not. You know, I use, you guys know me. I used to have a lot of sex back in the day. So that's not even a question. You know, I'm not trying to talk down. I'm just saying, you know, when you do it the right way, you will be blessed abundantly. When I was living in sin personally, my life was jacked up, just like yours is jacked. I mean, keep, keep it real. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, I'm being honest. Everyone knows that no one, you can't live in sin and be a happy camper. You can't be. It's impossible because without God, there's no peace. I mean, am I, am I lying, Courtney? You, you know how it is when you were having sex. Wasn't your life pretty jacked up? Yeah, it, it really was. Just in so many ways, emotionally, spiritually, it was just all over the place. Just very, very unhappy. And it's one of those things like, you know, in the moment it feels good, but then after that you can find yourself crying yourself to sleep because you know that you shouldn't have done that. And you know that, you know, that God isn't pleased with it. Good thing is that you can bounce back from it. But, yeah. Well, Right, and that's the that's the key. That's the that's the best thing, um, you know, that about it is that you can bounce back, and you can't. You know, the Bible says that when you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins, and um, you know, and, you know, and, and uh, wash your sins away. So uh, make them white as snow. So that that's the that's the most uh, you know important thing. 
but you know, so uh shout out to everybody who's who's participating in, in the challenge. Uh I know Terry, you know, who's participating in it. I think she says she's on her ninth day, which she shared in the group. I believe she said she's gonna call in uh to the show to um you know, to just, you know, share with the with the people a little bit about her personal journey. So we look forward to hearing her uh in a little bit. And um she she definitely was very open and, and, and honest and, and candid and transparent in the uh, Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group, just expressing, you know, some of her struggles with, you know, um, not having sex with her, with her child's father, you know, and, and many of the reasons why um, she, you know, she does that. And, you know, uh, I, I've been working with, uh, with with Terry, and, you know, I know she's uh, been leaning on uh, many of the women, not only in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group, but in my organization, my nonprofit, the Each Woman Foundation group, where, where, where you know, she's able to just lean on the, the sisters in there, you know, or, and the women in there for sisterhood and support, which, which is exactly what it's for. You know, you may not want to share, you know, everything where there are men present, Maybe you just want to be able to, you know, have that sisterly bond with women who love Jesus Christ and who have been dogged and lied to and cheated on and but are, are, are able to rebound from that and let those, you know, things go. And so definitely um, just take advantage, man. Take advantage of, you know, all the resources. Take advantage of this show. Take advantage of my books, my CD. Take advantage of the Friends of the Date on Tober Show group. Take advantage of the Each Woman group. Take advantage of, you know, the counseling services that we all provide for you guys because all this stuff is a, is a resource for you guys to, as women, to, uh, you know, just to, just to let some things go and uh, live the lives that you want and that God wants for you. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? Yeah, I mean, I um, agree 100%. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's all about letting go and just, um, you know, realizing that there, there's much better out there for you. Because what happens is the devil will make you feel like your current situation is that's as good as it gets, and that's a lie. You know, and so once you're able to get out of that and just embrace the truth that there is much better, you know, you, you'll be good on your way. But it's good that, like you said, we have that support system in each woman and we talk about any, literally any and everything in the group. So I encourage the ladies to join. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just And, Courtney, um, do me a favor, just post that link, you know, a little bit later on so people can, um, you know, the women can um, add themselves if they haven't <clears throat> already. Um, what else do we want to talk about tonight? Uh, a lot of good stuff. We had a couple more uh, emotional availability pop quizzes. You guys have expressed your your interest in you know in participating in them over in the friends group. So I, uh, on what was that on uh, Thursday night? We you know we talked about the the we gave the results from the last three uh, pop quizzes. Some of you guys did really well. You guys are getting better at them. Some of you guys, unfortunately, you know you failed, but. Um, you know, we I threw another couple you know, couple out there to today this afternoon and um a lot of good a lot of good answers. These these weren't as tough, you know what I'm saying? I was a little bit lenient on y'all, you know, but I'm you know, these they get deep, you know, and uh, I'm gonna throw y'all a couple curveballs, but I just the first three were very tough and you know, which is why we had a whole bunch of failures. But um this one was pretty good. You know, the average I'll say the average was about a good now there's no average. Either you pass or you fail, you know what I mean? <laughs> Either that's it because I mean because that's what it is. So, and, and if you guys are unfamiliar, um, and we're probably due for a, a 2014, um, uh, you know, edition of uh, of our you know definition of emotional availability. If you got, we've done at least you know two in the past. Just Google the definition of emotional availability on 
the data on Tolbert shows should come right up. The most recent one was I think last year, or maybe a couple of years ago now. So, but but you know they're timeless. You know they're, they're you know what I'm saying they they will stand the test of time. Listen to them just to get a better understanding of you know just the overall concept of what it is, what it isn't. You know uh, why many women struggle with it, it, which ultimately explains why you're attracting that guy who just wants to smash. Why you've been attracting the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, the players. And when you're ready to take that next step, you know, reach out to myself, reach out to Courtney, reach out to Oshel. You know, for private counseling anywhere in the world, we're all available. Whatever. And I'll, you know, it's funny, man. It's, it's so it's a blessing to be surrounded by these guys. You know, I posted the official announcement. We mentioned it. Uh, Last week, but Osho is now, you know, an official member of the Talbot Relationship Counseling family, and and it's a perfect situation. Just real quick, because we really balance each other out. Obviously, Courtney brings, you know, a woman's perspective to it. You know, from her realness through through her experiences. Um, you got you guys already know, man. Like I I don't sugarcoat anything. I'll tell you exactly what it is, the way I, it needs to be said. You know, no feelings. You know, will be taken. It's just you know, it's raw and uncut, and it's real, and it you know, it will give you that information you need to hear to make the necessary change. You guys know what I do. You know how I do it, and that's how I've been able to help people. You know, women over over the years. Uh, Osho, he balances us out, though. I should say he balances me out. Courtney has her own perspective, but he balances me out. He's not. He's like the opposite of me, but definitely very biblically sound, but just a more you know, warm and, you know, tent. I'm, you know what I'm saying? He's a grown man, but you guys get it. He's he's more, you've, you've heard Osho. Like, he's very, you know, uh, just, <laughs> he's, he's the opposite of me. But, you know, we both, we we have different ways of doing what we do. But, you know what I'm saying? However you choose to reach out, you know, whoever you want to speak to, whoever you feel like would be the best fit for you, you know, reach out, you know, and I promise you, we can, um, everyone's first session is free. And eight five five fifty five data on, or just shoot an email to info at trctoday.com. We're all available to to help you, um, you know, get the uh, get the help you need in, in whatever the area is, whether it's you know individuals, whether it's couples, premarital, marriage, whatever. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, I was about to say something before that, Courtney. What was it? Come on, you know what it was. I'm not in your head. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Christ, thank. What good are you, Courtney? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, really? No, I'm just messing. With you. Don't um, blame me because you can't get it together on this plan. Right now, you guys, this is Advice Mondays, man. You know, six four six two zero 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 three six six. You guys have any comments, questions, thoughts? Let's talk about. I know what y'all want to listen. I know what y'all want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, yo, look, when y'all gonna talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta? Did you watch it, Courtney? Do you watch it? Yeah, I did. I watched it. What did you think? I mean, it was what uh, was to be expected of a show like that. You know, a lot of drama, a lot of cattiness. Of course, there had to be a fight. There's a fight in every single reunion they've had, I believe. So, uh, well, not this bad, but, um, yeah, it was it was crazy. You know, um, I wasn't expecting it to be as extreme as it was between Portia and um, Kenya. Like, she literally dragged her on the floor. I, I, didn't, I wasn't ready for that part, but um, it was entertaining. I'll say that. So you're entertained by by violence? Yeah, well, look, I have to admit, I was I was entertained by that. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it is. Right. I mean, you I don't know it. what to say. 
Right. You know, you yeah. said it. It is what it is. You know, I mean, but, but that's the, that's, I think that's the realness because that's why it's the, the highest rated, you know, Real Housewives in the, in the, you know, in the franchise. It's one of the number one shows in the black community. You know, that's what, I mean, we, and we talked about that the other night. I mean, that's what people want to see. I mean, we can all sit here and act holier than thou, but we all struggle in certain areas. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, just be honest. We all struggle. And so, um, like I said, I look at it like this, because I like to be honest. Even though I watch it, you guys know what we do. Like, even what we're going to do tonight, I want to talk about it and say, all right, well, look, you guys already watch it. Some people may even say, hey, look, why don't y'all spend time talking about that? I say, why not? Why wouldn't we? If everybody else is talking about it, why can't we talk about it? From, well, really, since everybody's talking about it from a worldly perspective, why can't we talk about it from a spiritual perspective? You know, from a biblical standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, that's designed to help people overcome being in those same types of situations. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, we could talk about it, but it's more so something that was being built up even from that, that first episode where, you know, Portia and, and Kenya clashed over her saying, you know, Miss America as opposed to Miss USA. And, you know, they just never really got along. And, and Kenya was just taking it to that next level of disrespect, you know. And so, I mean, do I, you know, do I advocate, you know, violence in those types of situations? No. But, I mean, she was just, you know, pointing the scepter at her, you know, having the loudspeaker, you know, interfere. I mean, it was just very disrespectful, some things that were said, very disrespectful. Kenya was, was obviously already on the, you know, the borderline of, um, you know, collapse, you know, with the loss of her dog. Portia clearly was on the on the edge as a result of, you know, a divorce, which, you know, hopefully none of you have had to experience that. But, I mean, divorce is something that will definitely have a um a, a deep rooted spiritual and emotional uh, effect on you, you know, uh, more so than, than than what people even, you know, believe. I've counseled a number of um of women who who uh who are divorced and just a lot of things that they've experienced emotionally and spiritually are just things that prior to I wouldn't even have thought that they would, you know, experience, but and many of you, you know, know what I'm talking about. So obviously Portia's dealing with that and um it, you know it just erupted you know and you guys saw what you saw i mean you know gripped her up dragged her dragged her across the floor did you know that she got arrested Portia was arrested as a result of that yeah i saw her mugshot yeah it's crazy now, I, I mean, saw that here's what i have a problem with you know my issue is that if you know, as Kenya, if you know that you're provoking somebody and you know that, you know, y'all just don't get along and, you know, I mean, that's something, you just got to take that L. You know, you got beat up. I mean, if even if you want to come back and, you know, do this and that to her. I mean, she's threatened people. She said different things. So um, I think that when it happened to her, she should have just taken that. You don't call the cops. You don't, you know, you don't do that. That's just something you, you know, you, and that's just the laws of the street. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. You know, you don't get someone arrested if you just happen to get beat up, especially when you were talking, you know, trash to them. So, I mean, so there was that situation. I think that we saw a lot of other things that I think, which I really wanted to talk about. We look at Portia, okay, and this this is what we see on a large scale. When you look at her, 
you know, I see a very beautiful woman. I'll be honest. I mean, she's a very attractive woman. A lot of women hate, and a lot of women have different things. But, you know, you know, at the end of the day, she's a very attractive woman who unfortunately is struggling with some serious self-esteem issues as a result of giving her heart to clearly the wrong man, marrying the wrong man, you know, who most likely, who clearly didn't want her, you know, who did not see a, a you know a future with her, for whatever reason. I'm not, you know, saying he was wrong. I'm not saying she was wrong because I don't know them. I don't know why they got divorced. I don't, you know, what I'm saying I'm not going to claim, you know, act like I do. But they, for whatever reason, went their separate ways, and now we're seeing the fallout. We're seeing the effect that that's having on Portia. She went out with not feeling her sexiest wanted to prove something to these other guys. So now you're seeing, you know, it's showing those guys that she is sexy, that she is beautiful, that she can be desirable. She is wife material. Ironically, she's going out sexifying herself, thinking that's going to give her what she actually wants, which, you know, which is love. But all she's doing with the fake boobs and the, you know, showing off, you know, her her booty, these are only things that's going to cause her to be viewed as a hoe someone who's emotionally scarred, someone who is vulnerable, someone who can be made a target. And, you know, the reason why that's important to talk about tonight is because how many women out there have gotten their hearts broken, or I should say after they've gotten their hearts broken, have gone out and had a one-night stand? How many women have gone out and, and, and went shopping for a new wardrobe that would show off their bo- their boobs or their, their hips, their curves, thrown on the tights with the heels, maybe had a nice full head of hair but decided to go put on some type of weave or some type of wig because that's what they think these men are looking for because they think that's what's going to get them attention or they know that's what's going to get them attention that they think is going to translate into genuine interest and ultimately love and then marriage when, ladies, you have to understand those things don't impress us. In fact, it's a it's a sad cry for attention. Portia used to be so beautiful before she went out and got those fake breasts. You know, Portia used to be very attractive when she had that nice, wholesome wife look. When, you know, you would see scenes of her in the kitchen cooking dinner for Cordell or catering to him or doing whatever it is that they were doing. And just, it was like, wow, okay. You guys even heard, you guys even heard me on the show, you know, saying positive things about her and her interaction with him. You know what I'm saying? How she was humble, how she was submissive, how she would reference him when they when the other girls were talking about sex and trying to get her to go to the strip clubs and no, she would say, Well look, I'm a married woman and you know, I respect my husband. That's what these men want. Ironically, that's what she wants. And because she and I, I know so many women can relate to this, they have tried to be that good girl. They have tried to be respectable. They've tried to be humble and submissive and they got these men's butts to kiss. So they said, you know what, that didn't work out so well for me. Going to church, being a good wife, being a good girlfriend, doing all this stuff, that you know got me nothing in the end, so now I'm going to try it a different way. Now I'm going to go out and try to be a freak. I'm going to go out and be a hoe, but I'm not going to call it being a hoe. I'm going to call it being sexually empowered or liberated or free. No, it's being a hoe. Being a hoe is not going to get you love. It's going to get you sex. Sex is going to further, it's a depressant. 
You know, fornication is a depressant. It may feel good in the moment. It's the same as alcohol. It's the same as crack cocaine or whatever other drug you want to, you know, insert there. It's it's going to make you feel good in the moment. But whether it's conviction, whether it's guilt, whether it's that baby that comes along nine months later, whether it's the chlamydia, the herpes, the gon- whatever it is, or maybe it's just the feeling of being used, it doesn't feel good after no matter what you do. I promise you that. In fact, you got, but I don't have to tell you guys that you already know that. It's nothing worse than that feeling, to be honest, especially if you're a Christian, especially if you're a believer. There's nothing worse than the feeling of conviction after sex. I mean, come on, who who doesn't know what I'm talking about right now? I know everybody knows if you're a believer. Courtney, I know you know. Yeah, I do. I do. That feeling, it, I mean, it's, it's so real. Like, it will have you in tears. Like, you will be crying. You'll feel, feel so empty. You feel so empty. That's the word I was used to describe it. Right. So I mean it's it's empty, it's lonely because and that's that's what it is. Like you ever notice like after you have sex with somebody who you know deep down doesn't really want you, you feel empty and lonely because you are because he doesn't want you. You thought that you felt close to him while he was there, but after it's over, it's like okay, he's not there and that's cuz he doesn't want to be there. Ladies, and I was just telling somebody this today on a session. It's impossible to for a man, and I'm speaking from a, this that barbershop talk right now, it's impossible for a man, ladies, you have to understand, to view a woman in a positive manner of any of any kind if she allows herself to be used for sex. Okay, that's, you know, that's just, it doesn't happen. You guys understand? So if you, like I was telling you guys before, it doesn't matter if there is a, um, you know, agreement or arrangement or, or, you know, whatever you guys have, this, you know, a, arrangement, friends with benefits, whatever you want to call it, it's going to cause you to be viewed in a lack of re- respectability type of manner. So um, that's where the loneliness comes from. That's where he starts, quote, unquote, playing games or acting different, being distant, whatever you want. You know, it's all the same because he once he gets what he wants, it's on to the next one. Okay, one things that you one of the things that you have to realize is that these men want respectable women, and when you look at Portia, I used to see a respect. I mean, you know, she had the weave whole, you know, that whole thing going on, and you know what I'm saying. She would look, look, and in fact, you saw her a handful of times without that weave, just like the natural look, no weave. Just, I mean, she looks. I mean, she was. I mean, I mean, she was like a. I mean, if Marv was here, I'd probably give her that that that, you know, that strong nine that Marv likes to, you know, what I mean, attribute. If you guys missed our special on definition of a dime, uh, check it out. If you don't, you know, understand what, the, what that terminology means. Uh, Google that. In fact, I may need to rebroadcast it over the weekend. The definition of a dime, all-time classic barbershop talk. But uh, yeah, she was a very attractive woman. But uh, the weave and just the, you know, another, you know, the fake breast and you know, if you now you Google, she has all these, um, you know, these uh, like you know, modeling pictures. You know, trying to show that sexy side. It's all an attempt to get that attention that she was lacking, or she feels that she was lacking from Cordell Stewart. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious she's trying to make herself to be sexual. Just with the implants and all the other stuff. She's in the club partying with these men, dancing all over them. Just a totally different um, woman. So, yeah, I see it. Yeah, so, you know, think about that 
you know, ladies, don't don't try to be something that you think that we want. Because I found that, and this is where you know one of the reasons I have issue with Steve Harvey is because when you what I found is that when you when a woman tries to think like a man, ninety nine point nine percent of the time she's going to get it backwards, just like the total opposite. That's one of the reasons why I'm starting to do these, uh, you know, these uh, emotional availability pop quiz, like on the spot. What would you do? You know what I'm saying? No time to think about just you know, just what would you do? And um, you know, we and funny things I've heard, I've heard many women say over the years that that you know men are complicated. You know, we're complicated beings, but the reality is we're we're not complicated at all. I mean, if you really think about it, we want three things. You know, the three things. What, I mean, you go ahead, Courtney. What, what what are the three things that the best possible men, true men of God, elite men, look for in a wife? For for the newer listeners. A uh, great personality, a high level of respectability, and 100% emotional availability. Exactly. That's it. You know, those are the three. That's it. Like nowhere in there do you hear men talk. Oh, I, you know, she gotta, ha- she gotta have, you know, this body. She's gotta be able to do X, Y, and Z sexually. She's gotta be, look like, you know, Halle Berry in the face and Nicki Minaj in the, you know, in the in the body. I mean, no one talks like that. And I'm, and I'm being honest with y'all. I'm telling y'all straight up. And this is coming straight from the barbershop. Like, I actually go to the barbershop every week and have these types of conversations with married men, with single men. You guys have heard barber, I mean, how many countless barbershop talks have you heard over the last 10 years on this show? Um, you know, so it's it's well documented what we all look for. And you guys have heard dozens of different men all expressing what they want and what they don't want. You'll never hear a true man of God stressing the importance of of. of you know the physical. It's always going to be something to do with support, and personality, and respectability, and spirituality. You know, and love, and just you know all of that stuff. Everything else, you know, fades. You know, marriage. I mean, uh, looks fade. You know, sex dissipates. I mean, you know, let's just you know be real. That's you know eventually. I mean, not now, but you know, like. 80 years old, you know, 70 years old, 60, you know what I'm saying? You know, it it fades. So the most important things are the things that are going to stand the test of time and be around for, uh, you know, for a while. You know, uh, respectability, you know, can I bring you home to my wife? Excuse me, can I bring you home as my wife to my mom? You know what I'm saying? To my dad, to my family. You know, can you come and, and, you know, have, sit at Thanksgiving dinner and have a conversation. That was, I remember, that was like the test for me and my family. Like we, we still sit down at the at the you know the dinner table, set the table. I still got to come over early, set the table, make sure that the you know the the dessert fork and the, the dinner fork are on the left hand side. The, you know the knife, the you know the soup spoon, the dessert spoon. The you know the gla the wine glass then the water glass like all in the, the top right hand uh, corner you know ladies if these men don't know how to set a table man and I'm not gonna say that's a deal breaker but I'm just saying these men should know how to set a table they should know to put their napkins in their laps you know they should know, I mean you got to watch this stuff 
You know, don't let what you see. See, here's here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you what happens. A lot of times, what women will do is they will take their own emotional unavailability, right? And they will say, well, they won't think, they won't consider that. They will say, well, all the guys that I've attracted have treated me in this type of way. They've only been this type of way. They've only grown up this type of way. This is what they've all brought to the table. So this is all that's out there, but they're not factoring in. Well, wait a minute. I've been emotionally unavailable my whole life. You know, I literally just started these counseling sessions to get to become emotionally unavailable or available. I you know what I'm saying? And those are things that we have to focus on. You know, those are things that we have to acknowledge as reasons for why you were attracting those types of men. So, so I mean, is that something you've ever struggled with or or, or, or you know, couldn't really figure out as to or, or I should say, lumped all men into a certain type of pot because of where you were emotionally? Yeah, I just thought they all were the same. Um, <laughs> you know, because I was dealing with the same types of men. Men that, you know, mistreated me. Men that had no father in their lives and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they, you know, I was thinking that, you know, every man that I dealt with would have that same type of background would have those same types of issues. So, yeah, I did lump them together. Yeah, don't do that, ladies. Don't do that. A lot of times women will hold themselves accountable or or get into a certain depressed way of thinking about, you know, uh, about what they've experienced, what they've allowed men to do with them, you know, do to them, you know, and think that all hope is lost. Or you know, woe is me. I'm just gonna always be single. But you don't have to. You don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's um let's get into it though. Let's. I want to talk about some other stuff. But that's that's the whole. I wanted to use the Porsche and, and Kenya situation, not just to, oh yeah they were. This is so, it's so much more than a fight. That was caught. That was months and months and months and really to be honest with you, even years and years and years. On both of their sides of just anger. I mean, Kenya Moore is just, in fact, we used her as an example to do one of our all-time classic shows, How to Avoid Being 40 and Single. Hopefully you guys got a chance to see, uh, listen to that show. You know, just Google that. It should come right up for you. How to, It was probably last year, a couple of years ago, when the show, when she first came on the show, like How to Avoid Being Her, and we talked it. We got more deep into you know her background and, and and how her background relates to many other women's you know backgrounds as far as not having a father, not having a mom who loved her. I think you guys may remember she was saying how her mom just like never spoke to her, never gave her any attention, would like write her letters, you know what I'm saying? Like no type of you know intimacy, no type of love and you know obviously that effect that it's had on her was just, you know, crazy. You know, you guys got a chance to you know hear her talking about you know, excuse my lane, dick, 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 dick. I, know, I got 99's problem, but like, like, come on, man. Did Did you hear that? Did you see that part? Yeah, and I was just like, really, Kenya, like that. That was ridiculous. That was really, really ridiculous. Plus, it's an old Chris Rock joke too. It was like, have a seat. You just sound so unladylike. I've seen a lot of TV shows. I've seen a lot of things. I mean that. 
I mean, with the exception of this whole Beyonce and, you know, he, Monica Lewinsky, all, oh, my God. I mean, what Kenya was saying on that reality show was probably the second most hoish thing that I've ever heard, you know, uh, uh, an African-American woman say. You know, I mean, seriously, because that, I mean, that was just crazy. And, and the problem with it is she felt like she was bragging. You know, like a lot of women, that's, you guys, if you've ever done counseling with myself or Courtney, you guys have heard us talk about, you know, uh, the false sense of pride that, you know, often exists, which is a clear sign of depression, which is a clear sign of emotional unavailability. You know, you know, giving yourself, you know, putting yourself up on a pedestal, um, you know, in, in certain areas where you know darn well you're insecure. She knows. She has a certain level of genuine confidence about her from a, herself from a physical perspective. She knows she's an attractive woman. She knows she has a very nice body that men will find desirable. She knows that, so she takes that and runs with it. What she is very insecure about, though, is her marriage ability, you know, factor, if you will. She doesn't feel like she, she's not confident in that she possesses the types of qualities that the best man will look for in her. She feels like, well, it hasn't happened, you know, yet. So most likely, and I'm already 43, 44, whatever she is, and, you know, it probably won't happen. She feels insecure about her ability to become a mother, which obviously she wants, as do many other women. A lot of women, oh, hold on, Dana, what do you, you never spoke to Kenya Moore. You're right, I've never met her or spoken to her or counseled her. But guys got to realize, I've counseled hundreds of women who have those same exact issues as Kenya Moore, the same background as Kenya Moore, the same struggles and desires as Kenya Moore. So, you know, whether it's her, whether it's you, whether it's Halle Berry, whoever, a lot of these issues are going to be fairly uniform, you know, and until they're broken, until they're dealt with, it, there is no hope, you know. I mean, she's, she's you know... Uh, you know, if you notice, she she will say certain things about that will indicate a you know a clear and distinct lack in lack of faith, lack of uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, praying to other gods and astrology and all types of other create you know want to do seances. You know, just stupid stuff that clearly is is a reason for. I just told you earlier in the show, if you don't have that relationship with God, if you're living in sin, you're going to be miserable. When's the last time you heard Portia say anything about God? I I don't remember. I don't recall. Right, well, that's right. That's because she hasn't. You know what I'm saying? And and the and because of that, you see. And it wasn't even the fight, but did you see afterwards? She like literally had a nervous breakdown right there on camera. You know what I mean? I was just going crazy. She was just like laying there. I'm, and I was even asking my wife. I'm like, yo, why is she on the floor? Like, why is she on the ground? Like, did she get hit? Is she hurt? But she was just. She just had a breakdown, and that comes from a, a number of things, but mainly a lack of relationship with Jesus Christ. And you will never find a happy camper who is without a relationship with Jesus Christ, celebrity or non-celebrity, guaranteed. So, you know, it, it is what it is, man. Um, where the heck is Terry at, Courtney? I mean, what's up with her? She's Was she lurking? What's going on? What's up with her? Is she calling know. in or what? I- I don't know. 
I thought she was going to call in because she's called in um, before, I think. Oh, she's so going to call gonna... in. Oh. Okay. Oh, she's going well, to. Well, we'll see. Okay. You know, she she's going to. Shout out to Terry, man. You can't we'll, we'll we'll be here all night waiting for you, Terry. You know, you got a testimony and we and the people need to hear it. So, you know, shoot her a little inbox or something. But um no, shout out to her and uh, but here but seriously though, all jokes aside, you know, if you if you watch these shows and many of you do, mainly because of the, the way that you can relate to them, you know, I would just say definitely reach out, you know, for help. Um but yeah, so that's really all I wanted to say about them. I did want to take some time to go over briefly uh, the results of uh, these these last two uh, emotional availability uh, uh, assessments or, or quizzes because um, you know these are important and many of them will, will actually happen um, over the course of your, your dating career, you know, if you will. The first one here was, and I worded it you know a certain way for for a reason. I said. You've been talking to a true man of God for about a week or so. The two of you decide to go out to dinner. At the end of a great dinner date, he says that he's left his debit card at home and is unable to pay for the meal. What do you do? Now, this was kind of like a, I probably could have worded it a little bit better to Accomplish the point that I wanted to really accomplish But the way that it was worded made it fairly easy It put the focus on the fact that like Alright, you're in a jam You know, like you Okay, it's either you pay Or you end up washing some dishes In the, you know, in the, in the back, you know, in the kitchen But that's not the way I really intended it to be But based on the way it was worded It was like most women said Well, okay, you know, I'd, I'd pay Obviously, like, what, duh, what else would I do? But it wasn't so much about that what I, how I thought about it, and I was kind of rushing when I put it up there, but the 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 dilemma or the situation that I really wanted to pose to you guys was, you're out with a guy, and you know, he just makes it clear that for whatever reason he doesn't have the money, or it would be it would be an inconvenience on on some level, whether it meant he couldn't pay for it, whether that means. He could, but it was just, you know, a problem. I wanted to see how women would respond to that. Because here's the thing about it. You know, I know there are, the reality is there are a lot of women out here who view dating as the man's responsibility. Much of that is based on history. It's based on tradition. You know, dating is the man's responsibility to pay. It's his responsibility to ask you. Whoever asks, that's who pays. And a lot of women, they just miss it on it. They they just don't get it. You know, in 2014, they're still living with a 1914 type of mentality, and they're trying to understand why they're still single. Here's the thing, ladies. The whole point, and we've done a number of shows on this in the past, but just from a different perspective, the whole reason that we're asking you out to begin with, the whole point we're even there isn't because it's not about money at all. It's about the fact that we all are looking for a woman who we can love, who we can trust, who we can feel comfortable spending the rest of our lives with. So that's why you're there, for no other reason but that, to see if you can be that woman. Now, if you are that woman and you're a true man, you're dealing with a true man of God, there's going to be so many other perks that come along with it, it's not even going to be funny. So a lot of women, though, because of the fact that they've dealt with so many losers, so many deadbeats, 
so many psychos, the liars, the cheaters, the dogs, they automatically assume that he's one of those guys trying to get over in a similar fashion. So they're already in defense mode thinking, well, oh, shoot, he better pay for that. If he, if, or if he loses his debit card, he better be prepared. To, I'll pay for it, but he's got to pay me back. Like some women even put on that. I'm not going to say any names, but some women even put on the thread. Well, I would, I would pay and not even expect him to pay me back. Like, I'm not knocking that answer. But why would that even need to be said? Why would he pay you back? I mean, that why would that even be a, a thought? As if you didn't eat also. As if it's his responsibility. Now, I know there are many women who actually would look at it that way, but that's part of the problem. Because, yeah, you may win that battle. You know what I'm saying? He may pay you back. He may say, oh, I'm going to go to I'll give this back to you. Oh, okay, maybe, you know, yeah, I'll pay. Or whatever. But... Is he viewing you after that first date as being different and being special or more special than any woman he's ever dated in his life? Or are you just a run-of-the-mill woman looking out for self? Unfortunately, most women are the average run-of-the-mill woman looking out for self. Very few women come off early, when I say early, I mean on the first date, as being special. I did a speaking engagement a few months ago. I told you guys this a little while ago, a couple months ago. Did a speaking engagement at a church it was maybe maybe 150 different women. I was did about a 45 minute presentation, and I was um you know I just asked for a show of hands, you know, and I said um, you know, how many of you ladies? It was all women. Say how many of you ladies have ever offered to pay for a first date? Out of about 150 women, maybe three hands went up. Most of these women were single. Most of these women were divorced, you know, or or whatever, not married. And and I said, well, that's interesting. I, you know, I said, well, just just I, I called on a couple of people. I said, well, you know, why why would you guys never? And, and these were like mid forties, thirties. You know, I said, wow, y'all, are, you know, older women. Like, how come y'all have not and would not offer to pay for the first day? So that's just not my response. I'm old fashioned. Well, you know, you old, not only old fashioned, but you're old too. You know what I'm saying? And you gotta lose those old fashioned views. Unless you want to be old and single, because you, I mean, you would think that if something is not working, or if something is the way a way you've been your whole life is clearly not working, you would think you would try something different. I asked a couple. I think there was like a janitor in there. There was like a couple guys there, you know, who just happened to be there, you know, technicians or whatever. I said, you know, fellas, I know y'all aren't really here to participate, but let me just ask y'all a question. You know, out of all the men who, you know, out of you guys, out of all the women you've dated. You know, in your lives, how many women have you had to ever pay for a first date? Myself and those guys that were there, they both said none. They said zero. And all the 150 women turned around. <gasps> like It was like silence. There was a big gasp in silence. They couldn't believe it. Then they started checking those guys out, and I, and I went into telling them. I said, well, ladies, you know, this is, it, you know, obviously – you know, if if just one of you women went on a date with just one of these men and offered to do what I'm saying, what I'm suggesting that maybe you try doing, you would be the only woman in this in these 40 year old, 35 year old men's entire lives who have done that. I said, wouldn't you want to be viewed as special? You know, or do you want to be viewed just like everybody else? You know, and none of them really had a, 
you know, a response to that. And it really, and shout out to a lot of the women who reached out and who who became listeners of the show, and you know, and and, and went ahead and um, you know, adopted that new newfound way of thinking. Because the reality is, not to talk your ears off, but the reality is, these men are looking for not women who we can provide for, although that will be the end result because that's our role as the man in the household. But we're looking for partners. We're looking for women who are passionate about making our job leading easier. There's so many women out here who are selfish, who are gold diggers, who are hoes. It's up to you relatively early to differentiate yourselves from those other women. I'm not talking, I know with you guys who listen to the show, a lot of this is me preaching to the choir. But it's important for you guys to show that man, you know, hey, I'm different from those other ladies. I don't know what you've been out with, but those selfish women, those women who give it up on that, that's not me. And this is how you know it's not me. I have, I yeah, I call myself an independent woman. Yeah, I work. Yeah, I have a good job. You know, but here's my debit card to show it. See, because that's what a lot of women do. They have, it's like, what's mine is mine, but what your what's yours is ours. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for women who actually are independent women. Women who actually are not afraid to put their money where their mouth is. Occasionally. Now, men are going to be men. You know what I'm saying? We're not, see, I think as soon as you start hearing statements like that, a lot of times women will go back to the flashbacks of, you know, oh, uh, uh, Tyrone who drained their bank account and, and, you know, ran up their credit card. All that. That's not what I'm talking about. Because, again, we're talking about true men of God. You will, if you're dealing with a true man of God, you'll get that money back. You know what I'm saying? It's not a you'll live the life that you want. My wife paid for our first date. Okay? We're going down to Atlantic City for the weekend this weekend, have a little little uh, you know, little getaway. And then the following week, two weeks later, I'll be in Malibu, California for about four or five days in the sunny, you know, on the laying up on a beach somewhere. So I mean these and these are just examples. But you see what I'm saying? Do you <clears throat> excuse me, do you think Courtney that she my wife is thinking about that? Forty or fifty dollar first date that she that she actually paid for. Do you do you think that's still a thought in her mind? It never was. <laughs> it never was. Right. All right. It never was. And if it was, then <laughs> she probably wouldn't be here now. But that's what you have to lay. So I'm just listen, guys. I'm giving you all a blueprint. If you want what you've never had. I should say to get what you've never had, you have to do the things that you've never done. That's all. If you've never not had sex with a because most women have never not had sex with a guy. I mean, keep it real. I mean, it's like, all right, every guy you've dated who you actually liked, you've at some point given it up to. And obviously that didn't work out. Like, wow, maybe maybe just actually get on board with this whole 2014 celibacy challenge. That might be the best thing to do. Hey, you're 40 years old, you're 35. Hey, I'm ne- I would never pay for it. That's a man's stuff. You may want to try something a little different. I don't know. Just, you just may want to do it. Not for Tyrone, but for someone who you identify as being a true man of God. Not for the losers, right? Let, I see I see Terry's on the line. I want to hear Terry. She has a little... I'm going to uh, wrap to her in a little bit. Matter of fact, let's bring her on the line because I, I want to do this second emotional availability pop quiz that, that I gave you all. But, uh, but Terry's on the line. I know she had a little bit of – she wanted to share some stuff with the ladies and maybe uh, help shed some light on 
her situation, but also what we've identified is the situation of many other women and maybe be a blessing to them as far as overcoming their own personal struggles. So, Terry, welcome back to the Date on Tolver Show. Hey, Dijon. What's going on, Terry? I was just just making you sweat a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to call in. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, keep it real. Were you nervous? Were you nervous? Me nervous? Heck no. No, I'm not nervous. You know, I just got Marcel. It's dinner time for Marcel. I wanted to settle him down for I called in and we're on a walk, so it's all good. I'm ready well, to look, talk. Terry, nah, well, look, check it out. I won't take up too much of your time, but for many of you, did you want to just, because you, you know, I don't like to put people out there. You you know, you did share your story and your situation with yeah. very, you know, with a lot of transparency, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I know a lot of other women do. Do you want to tell everybody what your situation is with your with your ex? Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, a little bit of background real quick. I was married for over 20 years. Met a guy in high school. Married him when I, you know, went to college. Um, the relationship was never mature. Not a man of God. You know, had three kids. Um, very loyal, very faithful. Did all that. Um, but he was physically abusive, mentally abusive, all the whole nine yards. And, um, this wasn't a good situation at all. Um, I did that because... That's what I saw. That's what I grew up with. And uh, so I kind of thought it was normal. My mom would kind of always repeat that all men are the same. So I figured, why go from one to another? So I stayed in it. And uh, then I realized that's not normal. And uh, that's not something that I want my daughter to repeat. So um, instead of, you know, calmly exiting the relationship, um, I was scared. I was nervous. Um, dealing with a man that's abusive was was uh, pretty horrendous on its own. So um, I just kind of reacted like a cat in water and got a little crazy, just started um, putting God aside and saying, you know, I did everything that he wanted me to do and this is the way I was treated, so I'm going to just not listen anymore. And I was just pretty angry. So um, at that time, I... Um, went out with some friends I shouldn't have been going out with, um, ended up separating from my ex-husband, um, met a guy who, um, when I looked back on it, I realized that I was definitely the one that was aggressive in the, in the relationship and, you know, just kind of kept pulling him in, ended up pregnant, and uh, that was pretty pretty horrible. And I think that's when you and I started... Um, kind of funny because I am not black woman um, and the baby's father is a black man and I kept thinking why is this guy doing this is this like a culture thing you know I don't know any men like that so I don't think I ever told you this is kind of funny but I googled how black men think (laughs) and you you came up so uh, I started listening I was like wow you know this is quite profound because it's just to me a whole different way of thinking and which doesn't turn out to be totally false because it really applies to all men now that I see it. But that's how I found your show. And um, during my pregnancy, uh, that's when I think um, the major depression came in. I felt all alone because, of of course, the baby's father was pretty upfront from the beginning. Um, You know, he'd had multiple children 
from multiple women himself and, you know, was pretty upfront and honest, didn't want any kind of, um, you know, ongoing relationship and uh, didn't need any children, any more children, didn't have any time, la-di-da-di-da. Well, coming out of a long-term marriage, all I knew was, you know, to be with somebody. And, of course, he didn't physically abuse me, but so I thought, that was a good guy, you know, like, oh, this is a good guy. He treats me well, and we're together. He's, you know, he takes me out, and we get along really great. Um, you know, it just seemed like someone I could be with, which was all, you know, false. And it's, it's kind of kept me emotionally wrapped up into him since the baby was born. And I just don't want to let go of that idea of a family because that's all I ever knew. And... um I keep going back and forth. You and I have been talking for a while now. And um, more, it's just baby steps. I keep going back and forth. And, of course, I've repeated it a number of times because I'm older, um, you know, because I don't trust God, um, because I don't see um, any man that would actually want to be dealing with a woman, you know, that has uh, a baby and that's older and, you know, all these horrible negative thoughts, so that kind of keeps me um, emotionally Terry, stuck in the course. Yeah. Terry, let me, if I could, because this is great. I mean, you know, Terry and I, you know, speak on a regular basis, and I'm so glad that she, you know, finally, I shouldn't say finally, but just is comfortable, you know, sharing her testimony and her story with, with so many other women who I know for a fact are going through the exact same thing, which you guys just have to understand is the whole purpose of the Each Woman group, which Terry is in, which Courtney is in, so many. It's this, what you guys are hearing, you guys are around the world right now listening in. It's like, wow, I am Terry. I can relate to what she's going through. I, I have a you know guy like that in my life. My child's father is the same way, and I have sex with him not because I want the sex, but because it's what he represents for, for what I want for my future. Terry, and I thought that was yeah. so profound. Yeah. You said that you the sex is what is not, it's not about the sex. It's about what you think yeah. the sex will bring you. Explain well, that a little bit. Yeah. Well, okay, number one, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the sex was unbelievable. Okay, I'm just going to wow. say that, too. Really? I mean, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. Okay, but and I think that, again, those are all lies from the devil. I mean, lust is, oh, my gosh, is such a real thing. And um, I even noticed changes in myself when I was around him. Here I was thinking, oh, it's chemistry. You know, we got this major thing going on. But now as I'm, you know, removing myself more and more from it, I'm like, oh, that's BS, that chemistry stuff. That's just a lustful spirit, right? That's because I feel the change. And so now, I mean, it's day 10 and uh, counting, of course. I want to keep it going. And um, I look back on it and I go, no, like, because after he leaves, and even during the time that he's in my bed, it's just... I have to pull myself emotionally away, recognize what I'm doing, um, and recognize that I do have a baby that um, notices these things. Um, you know, he's one years old. So I, I, I just got to, at this point, you said to me last time at our last session, I'm going to share with these people if you just thought, but Terry, are you going to stop or not? You know, because I definitely make a lot of excuses. And um, it's even to the point where I'm looking back and I'm going, what was I thinking? You know, I mean, look at this guy. He is 
anything but a man of God. I mean, he's a nice guy. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he's a dog. He's he's what he is, you know, and he's always he's always made it out to be what he is. He's not no liar. So um, it's up to me to um, pick myself up and be able to see myself as worthy. Everybody says, you're so worthy, you're so valuable. Well, damn, if you've been in a marriage for over 20 years with the guy who's beating the crap out of you, how worthy do you feel? You know, I don't feel right. worthy at all. So now let I go, this. all right. Let, let, me, let me put you on hold for a quick second, because I want to talk to the people for a second. But don't go anywhere, uh, Terry, if you can. I know you got the baby out. But this is what I want to tell the people. It's very important to understand. I don't baby... Terry, or anybody for that matter, but Terry and I have developed a certain rapport um, over the last several months where she understands what it is. I've, I can tell Terry, look, Terry, you're being a hoe right now. Keep your legs closed. Stop letting him come over. What is it that you want? Great mothers do not allow their children, you know, to see them, you know, being some man's Friday night booty call or Tuesday afternoon booty call. Like, she knows that, and she'll tell you straight up, you know, that that's what I say to her and that's what I mean, and she gets it. But one of the problems with it is is that the lie of the enemy is so strong that tells her you're never going to have love. Like she said, you're not worthy, you're too old. These are all lies of the enemy. And the irony, I want to tell Terry this, and I want to tell you guys this, who may be able to relate to her situation, is that the irony with all of this, I'm just going to throw some names out there, starting with Terry, but the the friends group, some of these women that I work with privately, I mean, you guys are wives already, and you don't even realize it. Like, Terry really ironically is and would be a great wife to a great man, not a loser like the guy she's dealing with or her ex-husband who beat on her for 20 years, but someone who actually appreciates a true woman of God, uh, you know, a nice, kind-hearted, great personality. You guys know Terry has a great sense of humor, a great personality. That's what these men are looking for, a good mother who will, you know, who, who, who you know, is family-oriented, not out here in the clubs, not out here trying to, you know, play games. She doesn't even realize it, even as sure as she's on the line right now, she still doesn't even realize how much of a wife she could be and how great of a wife she could be. And But more importantly, how desirable of a of a woman that she is by so many of these single guys out here looking for wives and ironically the only thing that she's lacking is that confidence that's the only thing that people like you know Terry are lacking Kiani uh Erin Katrina, I'm just throwing out some names of of great wives even Courtney you know great wives in the making you know what I'm saying and it's all about you guys embracing that. And you guys even listening, whose names I didn't throw out there, but those are just some names that really stood out to me, that, you know, Amy, who are already great, humble women who who will who are being sought after, but the only thing that's keeping them from being found by those men is their lack of faith and their lack of believing that God truly has that in store for their future. Terry, just hearing those words, though, is that something you can believe that you are thought after and desired? Well, when you say that, I mean, honestly, I want to cry because, it, 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 you know, deep down inside I can hear that voice of God, and I think sometimes that you are the voice of God for me sometimes because you remind me of who I truly am. I mean, I am 
a woman of God. I'm a child of God. I'm not a child of lust, and I'm not a child of, you know, ridicule and all these other things. So I know that I can be a really great person, a really great woman, a great mother. And once I just completely decide, like you asked me the other day, just to, you know, just jump, just do it, you know, just stop. And since then, especially since you kind of rebuked it the other day, I felt the change. I felt the difference. And I said that once before. He's come around. But for the first time, I really feel that I'm just wasting my time here. I'm complaining about my being old and, you know, every moment and every minute that I waste with dealing with somebody that um, I should not be dealing with is taking me farther and making me older and wasting my life because I want so much to be in a family, to love a true man of God. And I know that he's out there somewhere and he's just waiting for me. I just hear it, you know, I hear it in your voice, that confidence is like, here, you know, come on, and I just, from then on, I just go, you know, I'm, I don't want to make him wait any longer than he has to, because he's out there, and he's waiting, so um, I just got to get my act together and stop it, so I, I right. really want to thank you and Courtney and everybody, because without you guys, and of course, how many times have I left the show, how many times have I left the group? And just said, give in. I've told you, you know, I just, I've told you how many times I'm a lost cause because I keep going back. And you're like, no, nobody's a lost cause. I'm going to keep going, you know. So thank you for supporting me and, and um, just listening Terry, to all this you, babble. Terry, you know what? No, thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening to the show, being in the group, leaving the group, but then coming back and, you know, not giving up. You know, um, shout out to, and let me just say this too, man, you know, I've had, you know, uh, run-ins and arguments and disagreements with people who are no longer in the group, who no longer uh, listen to the show, some who listen to the show even now but don't, you know, act like they listen to the show. I, my, listen, I don't, I just want to say this, you know, I have no beef with anybody, you know what I mean? Like, one of the reasons why I live the type of life that I live as far as being stress-free and happy, I have no enemies. There are people who, who don't like me. But I have, I personally have no enemies, because if I did, that would affect me, and that would affect my happiness and my, like, you see what I'm saying? So, I don't like if you, anyone who wants to come back to the group, anyone who wants to listen to the show, anyone who wants to hear, uh, you know, Terry's story and, and you know, and get on that same type of track, you know, it's all good. You know, I have no anger, you know, to towards you or anybody else, or no animosity. Like, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Like, God forgives, I forgive. You know, and it's not even that serious. Nothing is that serious, you know. And I think that once people live life with that type of mentality, you know, where you put God first, you know, where you just eliminate all forms of negativity, you will live a happy life and you will get that life that you pray about, that you dream of, like Terry is finally doing. She's saying, wow, you know what, I've been wasting my own life. She's saying, wow, and that's very ironic what she said. She said, and profound, she said that, I have a one of the main reasons for my lack of confidence is the fact that I'm older and the fact that I have these kids. But interestingly enough, the long the more time she wasted with the dude, the older she's getting, you know, and the less time she would have with that new guy. So like she said, she's tired of waiting, she's tired of making him wait is what she said. And so the time is now. 
ladies, as long as you're holding on to that anger, that animosity, the pettiness, it's just going to, you know, the sex, it's going to take away from the time that you have to spend with that true man of God. And these men are out there. Don't let the devil, don't let anybody, the media, whoever, uh, you know, cause you to think that there's no good guys out here looking for love because all men are looking for love. All men aren't men of God, but all men are looking for love, and there are true men of God out here, but you have to be emotionally available to receive them, and you can't be emotionally available if you're doubting yourself or if you're basing your future experiences off of past bad experiences. Courtney, you got a chance to hear Amanda's story and you know, just it's just a great, um, you know, a great story. It's a great situation. Well, I shouldn't say it's a great situation, but it's a great opportunity that she has to get to take that first step in getting the life that she desires. What are your thoughts? What what what, what would you say to her? Uh, wait, Baxter, did you say? I thought you called her Amanda. Maybe I was wrong. Um, did I? But yeah, I think so. But um, Terry. in regards to yeah. I know what she meant. Yeah, I think well, I Hold on, let me just story. say this. Hold on, I'm sorry. Let me just real quick, Courtney. I probably it's funny that I said that. I probably did, and I'm well, since you said I did, I obviously did. I had Amanda on my mind in that moment because in that she is one of those other women who has fallen by the wayside. That that popped into my mind when I was speaking about Terry leaving and coming back, and you know, and so if she's listening, you know, it's the same thing. You know, anyone can come back. The prodigal son returned in the Bible. I could say Amanda. I could say about 15 to 20 other different women in the same situation who have all left for whatever reason, you know, but want to come back but maybe aren't sure how to know that this show is a is a is an avenue to, you know, to get their life back on track. These counseling services are a way to, you know, see that change that they want. So whether it's Terry, whether it's Amanda, whether it's whoever, you know, we're here, I'm here, Courtney's here, Oshul's here, we're a team, we're a family, the friends group, you know, and I'll just say this about the friends group, I don't like to, you know, say stuff like, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's a lot bigger than that, you guys know that, but, you know, we do have a, a, a safe haven, you know, we've seen, you know, people come, we've seen people go, the friends group is bigger than it's ever been, to me it's better than it's ever been, you know, different faces, but the same testimonies, the same scriptures, the same stories. It's all about positivity, and if that's you, then you're welcome. If that's not you, then you're not. So just wanted to throw that out there. But, Courtney, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, um, what I'll say is I really enjoy listening um, to Terry's testimony because it's amazing. Like you were saying, like she has a really great personality. She's very bubbly. Even through the things that she talks about, it's like she still keeps that sense of humor. You know, she still is bubbly. And so I, I see her as a great wife as well. Um, and I know that she'll be able to get through that. A lot of stuff she was saying I can relate to because what happened is just, you know, with the two men, it's like, you know, she went from worse to a little bit better. You know, I I was abused by someone, um, not physically but verbally, you know, and so I felt the effects of that. And then the guy after that, he didn't do that. And so because he didn't do that, I felt like he was special. I felt like he was different. And so I could relate to that. And I, like you said, I know a lot of women can relate to um, what she was saying in some way, shape, or form. But I do want to let her know that she can get through it and God will bring her through it. And it's just, you know, good that she's able to talk about it and share with other women because she could be helping someone else who's going through something similar. Right, right, absolutely. So that's what it's that's what it's all about, um, you know. And we don't even want to dwell on it, you know. I, we, you know, we uh, we uh, put it out there in the thread. 
on in you know that that uh that soul tie is officially broken in the name of Jesus that um you know and that's that's what it takes because I think that you know I've had soul ties Courtney's had soul ties you know you know uh, Terry obviously you know many of you guys and if you guys missed our special on soul ties definitely go back to the archives listen to it you know just listen to these shows man like if you're bored on a weekend nothing to do just just go into the archives and just listen to a show you haven't heard before there are well over a thousand shows in there um you know to to catch up on even if you you know even if it's a rerun that you haven't heard we're not live you know listen to the show especially if you haven't heard it i mean you know you'll you'll guaranteed you're guaranteed to hear some great information but uh soul ties is real you know, when you give your body to somebody, you know, you, you become one with that person. And you, you know, when you wonder why you can't break that tie, you wonder why, you know, it's it's hard to distance yourself. Well, that's because of the soul ties, because of the sex. You know, that's one of the reasons that's why Terry is having such a hard time. And, you know, and this is the thing, this is the realness in me. Terry, you know, and I, it would be great to be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, Ten days, nine days, you know, with no sex, and I mean that's all well and good. But the reality is, it's been ten days before, it's been seven days before, it's been a week. And she, and I'm not telling you guys anything that I haven't told Terry countless times. And all I'm saying to her, and all I'm saying to you guys, if this ten day celibacy thing ends at, you know, fourteen days, then that's what it is. If she falls, then she falls. Hopefully, she won't. But what I'm saying is if she does, if you do, no fel- you know, no failure is such that you can't rebound from it. You can't come back. There is no embarrassment needed because that's what the enemy wants you to feel is guilt and shame. Oh, I slipped up. I can't. No, you can come back. You know, you have a little sex. Okay, fine. You know that, you know, that's a setback, but you can come back. Hopefully it doesn't get to it. But you see what I'm saying? The people, you know, a lot of times when you put yourself out there like that, you know, something like that for many will cause, the, let's just say hypothetically she did fall. Oh, no, I was just on the show. Let, no, it's, you know, I can never come back. I can never show my face. No, you can always show your face because that would be like not showing your face to God. So that's, that's deep, right, Courtney? Yeah, it is. I enjoyed um, having her on there on the show. She needs to call more. Yeah, Terry's cool, man. That's what I can't. Let me just. I cannot stress enough, and and really not to beat a dead horse because I do want to do this last. Uh, I, I was fortunate last week to not have to sleep on the couch. I made it just in the nick of time, so I was able to get in the bed. Uh, unfortunately, my daughter was in my side of the bed, so I ended up sleeping on the couch anyway. But you know, it's all good. But so I'm going to try to not be on too late tonight. But um. You know, what Terry doesn't realize is, and what many women don't realize is, that the the number one most important quality in a woman is that, you know, bubbly, friendly, personable, you know, not really taking themselves too seriously, that type of easygoing, laid-back way of, you know, that's just, because that's the sex, you can have sex with somebody and this woman have all this sex appeal and all this you know, over, you know, sexuality and the big booty, the, you know, all that Nicki Minaj type of whatever, Beyonce, whatever, although she's hideous and repulsive to me. But you see what I'm saying? It's, like, you can have all of that, but through that, what do you have? 
if there's no personality there, if there's no ability to have a conversation or a laugh or just be comfortable. See, one of the things y'all got to realize is I've been in situations where, like, you have, like, you, you, come on, let's just be honest. Can we be honest? I know we're all Christians. I know we're all saved. Yeah, it's all well and good and all. But who's had a, a weekend of sex, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Who's had that whole weekend of just nothing but sex, you know, and then at the end of it, or at the end, you know, it was just nothing, and it was so uncomfortable, you just went and had more sex. And it was just so, it was, yeah, the, in the moment it was good, but after that, it was like, dang, I don't even feel comfortable enough to have a conversation, so let me just go and, you know, have some more sex just to avoid having to be alone with that person. You know, who can relate? I know, maybe, never mind, it's just me. I'm the only person that's ever happened to. You're right, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying. That's no, that's not comfortable. Those types of situations don't make it past a week, two weeks, certainly not a couple of years, certainly not a relationship, marriage, none of that. So what you have to have is a type of relationship where you can actually talk, you can actually chill, you can actually enjoy your comp- you know, that person's company for hours, maybe talk on the phone for hours or just, you know, chill and watch, have a, a, a marathon you know, moving app day with no sex. That's very uncommon in today's society, which is why actual relationships are so uncommon. You know anything about that, Courtney? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, um, but not so much. I can't relate 100% um, to what you were saying. Not, no, don't freaking lie to me, Courtney. I'm sick. Do I? No. Don't lie to no, me, well, Courtney. As far as no, 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 as far as, like, so you talking about as far as, like, the whole weekend of sex and not being able to talk to them? No, I can't relate Courtney. to that. I can, no, I can't. I can't. First of all, I've only slept with two people, so it's not like, you know. I mean, the people that I did, I actually could have conversations with. That's not bragging because they weren't about anything, but I'm just saying right. I can't relate to this. No, I know. I'm just messing yeah. with you. I know you can't. You me. <laughs> I know you're not out there like that, Courtney. You know, no, but that's good. Can we give Courtney a virtual round of applause just for at her age and the the number of experiences that she has to have only been with two people? That's a blessing, and that that's commendable. I do it every so often. I think the last time I did it, people got mad at me, but I don't care. I really commend women out there who respect their bodies enough to have only been with less than, you know, ten people, less than five people. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it if, if you haven't done that, but I'm just saying those people are to be commended. Because that, especially in, in you know in 2014, that is a a you know a major feat to have not allowed that many bodies um, you know into. You. So, but look, um, let, real quick now, let's do this. I wanted to do this, but again, thank you, Terry, for for your honesty and let, you know let her everybody else out there. You know, I don't bite. Courtney doesn't bite. You know, a lot of people listen to the show, but that doesn't mean that you have to be scared or anything to share your testimony. Terry was a blessing tonight to many people. Courtney is a blessing every night to people, you know. So definitely don't be afraid. to. T- I mean, everyone's anonymous if you want to be. Just so happens Terry's that comfortable. Courtney's comfortable, obviously. But if you want to be anonymous and you just want to share your story, then just share your story just to be a blessing to others. That's how you actually get blessed, you know, is by being a blessing to others. So um, there's that. But, uh, yeah, before we get out of here, the last uh, uh, emotional availability pop quiz, and this is a big one. 
I wanted to save this for last because this is a really big one. It's a very important one. And, in fact, it's one of the number one reasons why so many women are are not being taken seriously by men. And this comes straight from the mouths of men, you know, in the barbershops, talking about why they're not committing like they used to. And here's the question. Most women did pretty well, um, but someone said, or here's the question was, you're friends with, and I put that in quotes, you're friends with someone who you dated back in high school. And he calls asking if you want to go grab something to eat. You know, like, you know, just it hits you up. You know, hey, let's go chill. Let's go, you know, let's go hook up, hang out. Let's go grab something to eat, you know, maybe catch a movie. What do you do? Now, this is, again, this is a a, a friend. This is someone who you view as a friend. You're Let's say you're 35. Let's say you're, you know, 27. But you haven't dated this guy. Maybe you didn't even have sex with him. Maybe you just kissed him. You know, that was back in high school, junior year. Nothing's happened since. You've just been cool. You've just been friends. Hits you up, says, let's hang out. And you've, you know, had a friendship over the years. Why is that? Is First of all, is that an issue, Courtney? Yes, it is. Why? Tell the people why. Because it's not a platonic friendship. Because... I mean, that's someone, even though that's not someone you had sex with, it is someone that you dealt with on a romantic level at one point. So, you know, the dynamic between you and that person is going to be different than it would be with, like, between you and I, you know, because that's a platonic friendship. So what that does is it keeps you in a state of emotional unavailability. So, I mean, that's, that is a problem because a man that's trying to get to know you, he's not going to like that you're still cool with someone you used to date. Here's the thing. I mean, that's exactly. I mean, you pretty much, you know, hit the hit the nail on the head. The the thing about it is this: when you know, I call it the elite man's prayer. And I, I may even need to document that and you know, put this on on paper because it's, it's something that you know that true men of God really do seek in a woman. You know, it's it's obviously the personality, the respectability, the emotional availability. You know, but it's also you know, allow that woman to be free of any type of non-platonic friendships, any type of situations that may cause some form of uncomfortability, you know, on, on my part or anything that I would just not want. The Bible says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, right? And so I think that people really need to really look at what that scripture represents because if you're a man who you're truly who's truly praying for a true woman of God, you know, that God is not going to sell you out. God is not going to give that man anything less because he's a true a man of God who has delighted himself in the Lord, that you know, God is not going to give him anything less than the desires of his heart. Anything less than you know than what he actually wants in a wife. I know I didn't want a woman who was you know, having all these male friends, all these fake friends, all these, you know, non-platonic male friends. Nobody wants that. Now, it just depends on, you know, certain men will settle for that. Certain men will, you know, they will, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. They will settle for less than they actually want or deserve. Men like myself will not. Okay? I'm, I got what I wanted. 
most men, you know, will settle on some level. Most women will settle on some level. But nobody wants a woman who is surrounded by a whole bunch of male friends. They just don't. So there's that. But then a deeper problem is is that in, in many cases in today's society, it's not just that he's a male friend who just wants to go grab something. It's actually someone who smashed back in the day. It's actually someone who they're still letting smash. It's somebody who still pops up, who still texts them, who still makes booty calls them that that woman happens to ignore, but she wants to act like it's just a you know a platonic friendship when she knows and everybody knows it's much more than that. That's what we really don't want. So, you know, the the the, the correct answer to this question is, first of all, if you're emotionally available, you will have already eliminated all of the non-platonic friends from your life so that those text messages, those phone calls won't even be coming through. The best women don't get hit up via text randomly. I just pissed a whole bunch of people off. A lot of women are looking through their phone. Right now, do do me a favor. While you're listening to the show, pick up your phone. It's right next to you, right? Click on click on message. I have a, um, a Galaxy Note. Samsung Galaxy, so just go to your home screen, click on messaging, all your messages pop up, now just scroll, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, just like I'm doing right now, scroll up, scroll up, scroll down your, all your messages, all your text messages, for mo- most of you, many of you, most of you, there are multiple messages from multiple men, I mean, just just be honest, or even some messages from some men, and you know, you have to call in, but you know that that situation is not platonic in the truest sense of the word, meaning without attraction, meaning you're not attracted to and never have been attracted to him, and he's not and never has been attracted to you. If that's not the case, you are emotionally unavailable, and we need to together help you eliminate that person from your life because that situation, you can't... Whatever everything that else is going on in your life, every other situation can be explained by these non-platonic friends, these stragglers who are hitting you up via text. Some women are listening right now, saying, "Wait, what do you mean? How how is that? How does he know? He never saw my phone. He doesn't have to see your phone because true men of God, remember, they have the gift of discernment. True men of God, you ever? I use this analogy with everybody that I work with privately, but for you guys, I use the same thing." I walk my dog, okay? When he has to go to the bathroom, what does he do? He sniffs around. He sniffs around. He has to he has to pee. But he doesn't just pee anywhere. He only pees on the hydrant where he doesn't smell the pee of another dog or the scent on any level of another dog. If he smells another dog, he goes to pee somewhere else where he feels comfortable so that he can mark his territory with no outside influences. Okay, that's what dogs do. That's also what men do. If we are dealing with you and we smell the scent of another man, if we feel the the presence of another man, then guess what? And we always will. You can't hide it. It's not don't even start to think about oh I'll hide. No, you can't hide it. It's once we you know if it's there we're gonna sense it. That's discernment. Then that means it's a rap. 
Okay, that means you will. So that means you will repel true men of God, and then obviously you're still an attractive woman. You still got your boobies out, your booty out, or whatever you have going on. You will still attract the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players, but you will repel the true men of God because of all these other things that we've been talking about. So if you want to stop that process, I would definitely say, you know, set up that emotional availability assessment so we can assess, you know, what the problem is. Any any, any thoughts on that, Courtney? Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm laughing to myself because um, I just thought of how I used to have those text messages and all of that other stuff going on. And um, so, yeah. And, and and if that's you, like you said, you know, don't be afraid to hit us up. Right. I mean, it, it's, there's, no, there's no shame. There's no need for uncomfortability, you know, because anybody can change. Courtney used to be a hoe back in the day. You know, when I forever, I mean, you know, if I put Terry on best, we got to put Terry, I mean, uh, uh, Courtney out there. I mean, Courtney, you know, when I first met you, tell the people what your Facebook page looked like. It was innocent. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It was. Um, really? It was ridiculous. It was. Re- I'm not so true. Don't, don't trip. Don't trip. It was. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. Like if you, if someone were to view that today, like if that page was still up, you wouldn't even recognize me. That's how different I was like when I show old pictures people won't they don't recognize me my profile pictures would be selfies in the bathroom uh, pictures with me and a a random dude that I found attractive um party pictures in the club you know freakum dress pictures just um pictures for attention just being an attention whore that was what my page looked like and that that was that um was who I was at the time as well so right right so and that's honest so it's good that you, you know, you know, you saw that, you know. It's good that I saw that. It's good that we were able to come to some resolution to that to transform you into, you know, who people see now, which is a classy, respectable woman of God. But all my my whole point in sharing that is that, you know, even Terry, I mean, she was a hot mess. You know what I'm saying? When you guys got a chance to just hear her now, I mean, she wasn't like that when I first met her. You understand? And she still has a long way to go, but. You see what I'm saying? It, anybody can change. God can change anybody. It's not me. It's not Courtney. It's you know what I'm saying. It's it's God and and people's willingness to, you know, submit to God and you know His will for their lives. So, um, but that's it, guys. That's all we really wanted to talk about tonight. Um, get up out of here. Um, definitely want to rebroadcast a couple classic shows over the next couple nights. Um, thank you guys for tuning in tonight as well as over the last. A week or so. We just had some really classic shows. Um, if you missed today, and I really, I just want to ask everybody to say a prayer for the uh, the injured victims of uh, of the Boston bombing of uh, you know from last year. Today is actually the one year anniversary of the Boston bombing. Many of you may uh, you know know we did our classic um, special on the truth behind the Boston bombings last year. I rebroadcasted it last night. So I know many of you uh, tuned in to hear that. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, just the craziness. I mean, a year later, we're seeing everything happen that I basically said was going to happen over the next year after the. You know what I'm saying? So if you missed that show, your eyes will be wide open afterwards. It's just like, wow, that's crazy. Check it out if you missed it. And um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're now a big family. Myself, Courtney. 
my homie Osho, who I've known for over 20 years. We're now, um, you know, obviously all, you know, Talbot Relationship Counseling. So if you want a free consultation with with, uh, any of us, uh, feel free to reach out via info at trctoday.com or call toll-free anywhere in the world to 855-55-DAYDON. If you're in the Philly, Jersey, Delaware area, we have office hours uh, here available for you. Uh, or if you're abroad, we can set up teleconferencing with you. And, um, you know, that's what's up, man. If you haven't already, get my, get your copy of my novel. It's available on Amazon, Kindle. The love we had is, is crazy. So, um, Courtney, any last words or words of anything you wanted to share with the people tonight? Well, I, I did want to... Um Thanks, Terry, for calling into the show and um, telling her story because that just um, reminds me just to let the women know that, you know, no matter what it is that you've done, you know, don't feel ashamed about it, you know, to the point where you feel that, you know, you can't talk about it because you don't know, you know, whose life you could be saving. And so it's very freeing just to, you know, talk about it. You know, don't, it's no reason to feel ashamed about it because you're already forgiven. Wow, that's crazy. It's crazy, Corey. Excellent, excellent advice. I want to I wanna play a, uh, a little song. You guys know how I like to close this out. Um, but before I do, there's a scripture that I posted this morning when I first woke up, which is which I think is very applicable to what we've been talking about tonight. It's over in Matthew 6.34, and it says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day own trouble. And if you guys, hopefully you guys catch the translation in that, you know, it's just don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. You know, those will bring their own issues in and of itself, but focus on today. Focus on your blessings of today. Focus on the things that you can do to be a blessing to others today, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Just you see, A lot of people, they will allow today to be miserable because they feel that tomorrow will be not so good or their, the rest of their life will be not so good, and that causes them to be depressed today. But instead of doing that, focus on today so that your tomorrow can be better. All right, so you know, reflect on that for a little bit. And, and understand that no matter what's going on, God will not put more on you than you can bear. And we'll hear a little bit of Kirk Franklin as we close out. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all next time. Peace.
Put more on me. Help me straighten everything. 